Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And in three, two, and one. This week, this, 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 this week, this week, this, 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 this week. This week in Geek. This week in Geek, we discuss Microsoft, Overwatch Championship Series, and manga releases. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another week in This Week in Geek. I know we said we were going to record last week, but uh, we couldn't schedule-wise things. Kevin Kevin was traveling. He went to a... He came down to the the Southland of California, where it is now just absolutely raining and wet and everybody is freaking out because california doesn't get rain especially down here and we, we also we're, we're don't know meant, how to drive in the rain we really don't and like yeah. our, our streets are also not meant to get this much rain i saw something like we had like in this most recent storm about eight trillion gallons in california already i think this is across california so not just la but like the entire state uh, eight trillion gallons or something like that and uh, our, our streets are not meant to have that much water. So because we're in a desert, they will flood. Um, so a lot of people have been dealing with that. And then trees will fall because they're not maintained and the soil isn't used to that much water. So it gets soggy and the trees will fall, blah, blah, blah. But uh, how's the weather up where you are, Kevin? Is it is it really like flooding up there? Because at least in L.A. down here, like I know people who... Like weren't weren't able to come to rehearsal on Monday because the streets were like actually flooded. Oh yeah, uh, we we've been getting flooding and uh, we got a couple power outages and down trees up here. So yeah, it's uh, it's super windy and mm-hmm. like it sucks because I was like, oh maybe I might want to get back onto like regular streaming and then it's like, oh no, your power's out until tomorrow. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I guess I guess I'm not doing that then. Hmm. Yeah. No. For like. Speaking of internet, like I've been kicked out of meetings these past couple of days just because my internet cannot handle like this weather and the rain, etc. It's like, yikes. <laughs> yeah, that's how it's been. Uh, how, how about you, Matt? How's everything on your end? Uh, mostly it's been okay. Um, not a lot has been going on. I saw Argyle this weekend, which was really cool. I went to see Hassan Minhaj's um, uh, show at the Pantages theater he record i think he's doing a new special i think he might be recording it for netflix i'm not sure they did that thing at the comedy shows where they like take your phone and put it in their special little package where you can't open it and access it during the show um i also went to the funko pop store in la and i, I finally got to like make a funko of me um it's where I, I i made my guy holding um a comic book and a microphone because podcasting and journalism and comic books obviously are my thing. Um, I also bought the far, not the far. I already have far um, the Sigma and the um, like hot rod echo Funko pops, which were pretty cool. It was just like, it was very fun running around that store because it's like so many different fandoms and like so many like different things to geek out on. Um, it's fun. It's it's I like it. Uh, I I want to go back again and just look at everything because I. So we had like when I went, we had like an hour and a half before the show, and we like easily spent an hour in the store. It did not feel like an hour, but mm-hmm. um, I would highly recommend going, even if you like aren't a big collector of Funko Pops, just to go in and see it and just like revel in all the geekiness. Um, but yeah, um, uh, what else did I do? Uh oh yeah I I ordered I got a, a couple of packages in this week one was from the um well because I'm susceptible to uh <laughs> ads on Facebook sometimes um I ordered a a giant oversized um blanket hoodie from the big blanket company um I'll, I'll sh- let me see if I can I'll just send you 
photos for for your i don't know if i'll post i probably won't post this to the socials because i forget to post to the socials but um it's just giant oversized hoodie it goes to my knees kevin um it, it's like sherpa aligned it has um a built-in eye mask for it for when you're trying to sleep uh it's super cozy it came with its own like storage bag mine has like ghosts and stars on it um it's got thumb holes it's got a zippered uh kangaroo pocket it's so cozy it's literally like you're wearing a blanket i love it um so i ordered that and it came in and i was just very happy and also i got in a bunch of like dice from one of those random like dice companies that you see all the time on like facebook ads but they're like oh we're giving all these dice away for free because we're moving facilities blah 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 which they probably aren't they're probably just trying to get like attention and business but i got a bunch of free dice sets and i just had to pay like what 60 dollars in shipping from china which wasn't bad considering i got a couple sets and sets are usually like i don't know maybe at least ten dollars a piece and i got a couple of them um but yeah that was that was me oh also today i got to um i got to interview bowen yang you know who bowen yang is right kevin yeah, the the guy who was on SNL. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's so the Asian guy. <laughs> yeah, the the Chinese the gay Chinese guy who was on Aquafina show and on SNL. Um, there you go. But yeah, so Bowen Yang, I got to interview him today because he was in a movie that I was like doing some coverage for called uh, The Tiger's Apprentice, which apparently is a uh, it was originally a book series, and Paramount made it into an animated movie, which um, I would not recommend. It's a really shitty movie. It's awful. It sucks. Like just the writing of it, it it's like too quick like the voice cast is wasted the animation's not very good um but like at least it's a good step forward for positive asian representation and looking into asian culture yay go go representation but like overall the movie's pretty bad but i got to interview him today and it was cool um i was wearing my um it's an honor just to be asian sweatshirt mm-hmm. and like he's like oh my god that's a cool sweatshirt and like we 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 bonded over my sweatshirt which was fun so yeah nice how was your uh trip to kev so, to, to, i was gonna say how was your trip to kevin kevin how yeah, was your uh, trip to la kevin uh pretty good um spent i think it was monday we drove down got there kind of late um but uh tuesday was our universal day so we spent all day at universal studios um went to the mario land oh how was that um it's good uh, the only thing the only like real criticism i would have of it is that like it does take a little bit of time to like get everything done that you might want to get done so the, the the best way is we went on a tuesday and tuesdays are days that kids are not there which is good for us um but it also makes it so that like how could I describe it? Lines are super easy to get into, but there are moments where like, because there's not like a ton of people, you mm-hmm. you don't know where to go sometimes. Um, but overall, I thought it was, it was solid. The Mario Land only has technically one ride. Um, I thought it was that, two. That, so there is like an interactive thing, but you got to buy the band, the wristband to do it. Um, oh, yeah. Well then. Yeah. Uh, like I I don't mind getting DLC robbed, but if it's uh like at least make it like somewhat tasteful, so that way like when I know I'm getting scammed, I'm like okay cool like that's that's that, um but yeah it costs forty bucks to like do most of it, um but the AR like Mario Kart game is really good I I would recommend it it is an FPS, um you aim with your face um. <laughs> using your ar goggles okay uh, and yeah if you're a projectile dps you're you're good at mario kart um that's how it works uh did the studio tour again that was about an hour long still super chill uh not a lot has changed i went there like eight years ago but like yeah just kind of walked around first time in the the super mario land area though that was that was kind of cool um yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what else to, what else to say here. There's not like a ton that I needed to do, um, and I got through everything in a day, so there wasn't like, mm-hmm. I wasn't hanging around and like meandering. I was trying to like figure out where I should go and what to look for, you know. 
see, I've been wanting to go to it to explore the Mario Land, but it's just like, is it worth it? Because like you said, in order to really experience what the land has to offer, you need to uh, pay for the $40 DLC. Yeah, you got to buy the DLC. Uh, I, I would say from what I heard from the staff, they're saying that they're going to expand it pretty soon hmm. um, and include like another area in there. So uh, it might have another ride or so. But for now, like it's pretty much the same thing that I remember from Universal, which is, you know, consistent. It's nice. Um, and yeah, uh, I, I did that for one day. I hung out with my Overwatch, like teammates from college because they live down there. So it's like, like we went to like, we went to Yukaku in Santa Monica, I think. Um, okay, okay. and then we went to the Getty not not the museum but the villa the villa i haven't been there i've wanted to go that's um their their focus is like greek and roman stuff like yeah like statues and coins and stuff it was pretty cool yeah. um i i went with a friend who was like oh it's open today we should we should go check it out i'm like i don't even know what the hell's going on so yeah just <laughs> lead the way um so yeah that was that was pretty exciting pretty fun um uh, yeah uh, I don't I don't know what else to really like mention here. There's just like a lot of it is pretty straightforward. Um and yeah, I had I had fun during my trip. I, I wouldn't say that there was any there wasn't any hiccups that I knew of that like really threw off the trip, but yeah, it was it was fun. It was good. You also came down for the scribble showdown, right? Or no, so that one was in the Bay Area. So oh. I saw that one like in person um that was wild uh i i remember how fun the last one was when it was pg but when when the artists don't have to like censor themselves it, it makes it even more fun in my opinion uh oh yeah, yeah they, they get away with some of the wild shit uh like yeah i <laughs> I, I doubt that any of it is recorded, uh, which is which is fine. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's just a lot of like crazy, crazy things happening in in that game. All right, so um, let's get into the news of the week. If I can pull up the notes page, there we go. Notes page here. Um, okay, Kevin, what is the what is the wildest thing you've ever either seen or heard someone mod Doom into? mod doom into yes i think the only one that i knew about was like the sprite one where it was like i forgot which cereal brand literally made like a carbon copy of doom uh hmm. and like put it in their cereal boxes I, for, I forgot which one it was but yeah that that one probably hmm. okay um i thought it was pretty wild when people were like modding it into like graphing calculators and apparently someone put it into like a a pregnancy test which was weird. Okay. Uh, but that's not the weirdest one. The weirdest one I've ever seen. Um, apparently someone, there's this one PhD student at MIT. Her name is um, Lauren Ramlam, I think is how they pronounce it. Um, but she is, a, she's, I think studying bioengineering and I, I, there's too much science in this, like in her video and in, like in everything to like really for me to comprehend because I'm not obviously a PhD student at MIT. But what she did was um, she created a for a final project for her synthetic biology course. Of course, she got doomed to display via gut bacteria. OK, <laughs> uh, what she kind of did was um she the, the theory behind it is virtually compressing doom's frames then replicating which pixels are quote on or off um using fluorescent bacteria and somehow getting the the bacteria to react to i guess whatever um signals she's using um but of course using bacteria it takes a very long time because bacteria are slow and i think she did the calculations and in order to play doom with her display using the gut bacteria it would take 600 years quote 
In conclusion, it takes approximately 70 minutes to reach peak display output of GFP, the fluorescent protein, in an on, uh, well, and a total of eight hours and 20 minutes for the cell to return approximately to the starting state. The frame rate of the original Doom is capped at 35 frames a second, since the average playtime is roughly five hours. Doing the math, this means it would take 599 years to run Doom on cells, according to the simulation. <laughs> So I mean, if you're if you're like an immortal being and you want to play the slowest game of Doom ever, just to like keep your existence interesting, you could use gut bacteria. <laughs> well, I don't get the fascination. Like, I I kind of get it, but I don't. On, on the other hand, I also don't understand the fascination of modding Doom into everything. Like, yes, it's cool. But also, why? I mean, it's like a fun little little meme. It's like, what what else can I play Doom on today? You know, I I guess, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to our next story. Uh, this is not things are not great in the world of of Microsoft and Activision Blizzard, especially. Um, so after, like after, there's a whole lot of. Shake up and turmoil within the Activision Blizzard world. Um, of course, Activision Blizzard King was picked up and purchased by Microsoft, and that all went through. Um, don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but anyway, it happened. Um, so Bobby Kotick was recently let go. Um, in the interim of Bobby Kotick and his departure from tenure from from blizzard um then there was a new president mikey barra um but even he has been let uh, let go from blizzard in addition to um 1900 other employees which that's only roughly eight percent of um microsoft's gaming division but still that's a lot of people who've been laid off from Mm -hmm. activision and xbox it's i don't know really what has been going on with the gaming industry because you're seeing this i think in a lot of um just sectors overall in gaming like people are being laid off and like companies are being purchased and then liquidated i don't really know what's happening but it's it's a little bit concerning um microsoft is saying that they are resetting their priorities and um aligning on strategy and an execution plan with a sustainable cost structure that will support the whole of our growing business. Um, they have identified areas of overlap and are just trying to, I guess, downsize, which it's not good. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're laying off the people who make the games and there's already an issue of crunch in the gaming industry, like how are you, going to produce good quality games without the necessary people i don't understand it yeah like i don't get how you can make games if you don't have people to make games you know right (laughs) it's just a weird like if you spent this much money on acquiring all of these gaming companies and then are firing all of the employees within those companies it's like did you have the money to make this acquisition in the first place or was was this was this part of your plan initially to just buy everything up and just let go of as many of the staff as you could just to keep the ship running bare bones as possible until maybe you start turning a profit it just it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me and like in addition to just like Mikey Barra who's the president of ABK um, and also people were criticizing like this move because like Bobby Kodak had like this huge severance package and people are like, yo, could not, could you not have used that severance package for this utter slime ball of a human being and used it to save some of these jobs that people are reliant upon? Um, but like in addition to that, uh, we lost a lot of like the talent on Activision's um, and Blizzard's esports side so like just the the stupid part of this is like they had just used soey to announce the overwatch competitive series um 
or championship series, whatever it's called. Um, they just used her to announce it, and then a couple days later, she's fired. Like her, Mister mm-hmm. X, like a lot of that. The people who made Overwatch League what it was, and like the faces that people turn to are gone. And like it, it might be because ABK is turning away from an internal, um, handling of the esports scene and and giving it to. I can't remember the name of the uh the outside people handling it now. Um, but because they're they're turning it away uh from an internal division thing, they're not running it internally, that maybe that's why they had to let them go, not because they wanted to, but because like Blizzard technically doesn't have an Overwatch division anymore. They are hiring a vendor. So I mean, like, there could potentially be hope that, like, as this thing gets up and running, they will hire Mr. X and Zoe and, and, like, a bunch of the other people who were kind of staples of the scene. But, I mean, nothing has, at least from what I know, she hasn't announced that she's been rehired. But I think it'd be absolutely stupid if they didn't. Like, if you want some, if you want goodwill with this new Overwatch scene in this Overwatch championship series, like, do something to bring back what people appreciated of the Overwatch League. Like I get starting from scratch and making things new, but there are some things that weren't broken. And like the casting talent for most of Overwatch League was not the issue here. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like you can easily like make a case to bring back some of the bigger talent. Um, and I, like it it does feel bad that like they're like oh we we just announced this and now we have to let them go but if it's under a different like company then it's on them to bring back the talent that yeah a lot of people are used to so um i hope that they pay attention to that and i hope that they bring back you know the casters who put in the time and effort to to cover the game you know mm-hmm. um so yeah it'd be it'd be really interesting to see where it goes from here and uh what certain what certain groups and teams happen to uh show up as well um so speaking of um xbox and stuff with with them and microsoft um it was announced recently within the last few days that um microsoft is in talks to send some of their ip and their original games over to playstation and switch have you heard about this, Kevin? No, I haven't. So, like, I think so far it's announced that Hi-Fi Rush, Starfield, and um, the new Indiana Jones game that's coming out, Indiana Jones in the Great Circle. I think those are the only ones so far that have been, like, announced or are speculated to start moving over to PlayStation and um, Nintendo Switch. But, I mean... It's very interesting because then what does like what does Xbox and Microsoft become? Is this is this Microsoft admitting that they've lost the console war and they're just becoming a, a game publisher now? Because at that point it's like, yo, I I bought an Xbox because of your exclusives. So what happens now? Yeah, I don't know if this is a business model move because it's like, hey, we're not selling enough on xbox so we have to move to playstation um to like break even um i understand that like have them having to get rid of some of their uh like exclusive titles is really really tough honestly um but i don't know what else like especially yeah xbox may be waving the white flag but i don't know if this is like the end for xbox and i don't think microsoft would want to pull out of like this market either so we'll definitely see what they're up to but i don't think that this is the end for microsoft Hmm. what do you think it does to the to the xbox community now that like their exclusives are actually no longer exclusive because like starfield is a big exclusive for xbox like i know people who bought an xbox for starfield Mm mm-hmm yeah, I have no idea what what this means for them. I mean, it, I I hate to say it, but 
you'll know when a console is dead when it makes that ph list at the end of the year <laughs> oh, no. so uh, if the xbox spikes up you you know you know what happened it just became a streaming service yeah it's it's all it is it's a it's a not glorified even a streaming service for like netflix oh yeah no it's just a glorified netflix machine now Oh my god. Um I don't know. I just like I, I read this and I because it was it was sent over the work chat. Like people were sending like if we have a, a gaming chat um for work. And like I, I saw this and I read it and it's like it it feels like it it feels like it defeats the purpose of Xbox in general to like compete like they're I, I, they know and we've all known that like they're they lost the console war they admitted as much um and i feel like they bought all of these um they bought all these companies trying to draw people to buying xbox and, and their platform so at this point like It just it's hard for me to understand what their strategy is. Is like are they fully pivoting from 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 like console? Are they just going to like publish games now? I I just I don't I'm I'm babbling and I find I'm finding it hard to to use words right now because it's late and this is a weird Yeah. topic, but it's also <laughs> yeah. just like what what is what what is your plan? What are you doing? Why did you buy ABK if you're not making it like exclusive why did you buy bethesda if you're not making it exclusive like what was the point of of like also like scaring people into thinking that all these games are going to be exclusive and announcing starfield as an exclusive game then turning around and announcing oh no actually like playstation people you can have it is it just because starfield underperformed and they're trying to like make back their money on it which is a little late because people know that Starfield is underwhelming. So it's, it's a little late for that now. Yeah, I I don't know what exactly their plan is here. And I mean, I I wouldn't be able to tell you either because we you know, we're We're not we're just them. two we're 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 not. two dudes on a podcast like we we don't we don't have all the answers. I Uh wish we had but the we could answers. at least like yeah, we could we could at least like try to speculate and help you guys out here with like what it could possibly mean later down the line. Um I I think if anything it like If Microsoft admits that they lost the console war, they could at least, like, push newer, like, how can I describe it? Like, newer technologies for, like, running games, I guess, and, like, perfecting games. And I think that might be their angle that they might have to take now. It's just saying, like, PC has, like, a better graphics power to, like, Yeah, yeah. give you guys the games that you guys want to see. And like instead of having to compete one to one versus like you know the the switch and the 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 switch and the PS five, they can just work on making excellent games instead. I mean, that honestly might be just be a better use of their time. They've already admitted that they've lost the console. Yeah. I don't think I don't unless they do something drastic with the next generation of, of consoles, like I don't think that they can really do anything to like really actively threaten PlayStation right now. Yeah. Um so on also just on the topic of consoles real quick, Kevin, is there a a Nintendo Direct coming up? Do you know? We're supposed to have one, I think, but I don't know Okay. when. Because that's what Nintendo Yeah. does. They won't tell you when the Direct is until like literally like 24 hours before. Yeah. So I mean I we just had the uh what's it called? The the PlayStation and uh, state of play, which I had I didn't pay attention to. Um I was working at the time and I have not had time to go look at the trailers. Um, but the reason I bring that up is because I, I heard a rumor. I'm not heard, but I, I read a rumor from I don't know who the source is. Um, but just with all the, the the talk about like Nintendo's like, are we getting a pro um switch are they what are they doing there was a rumor that 
they might be announcing the Switch 2 sooner, like whatever's coming after the Switch. Although Nintendo, I think, has announced that they are still prioritizing um, the current Switch right now. I think that rumor was like officially refuted. But like, do you think it's like time for another Switch? Do you think it's too soon? Like, what do you, what do you what are your thoughts on the future of Nintendo's like hardware? Um. First of all, I, I don't remember how long the Switch is, but uh, we all know that it like got us through the pandemic. Um, oh, yeah. Literally, like having a Switch was like your lifeline. Um, all so, of that uh, Animal Crossing everyone played. Exactly. I I spent my time on Unite when it first came out, and then I spent a lot of time on Pokemon uh, Scarlet and Violet. Um, but besides that, I do think that it would be nice to have a an updated switch um with like one one that could like handle certain like frame rates possibly like make like certain things a little bit quicker um like in terms of like processing power but we also know like it has to be a portable version so that's clearly something that like they're constantly pushing the technology to be even stronger mm-hmm. um and like i'm not for me personally, I don't think like graphics need to be as insane, but a little upgrade would be nice. Um, but in my serious opinion, I think that like a lot of people are reading into the possibility of a Switch 2, which I would love to have a Switch 2. But mm-hmm. I think that if anything, if they're going to pop up with anything, it's going to be like very minimal. I think that the the next Nintendo direct is only going to be about like possible upcoming games that they're working on. Um, we're definitely going to get a look at whatever the, the peaches showtime thing is. We're probably going to get more trailers of that. Um, and, and yeah, I don't like, obviously it'd be, it'd be nice if we got some like major news, but I am not hyping myself up for it because I, I know that like, if they don't announce it, I won't be like super disappointed, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, like, I'm trying to think about it, but what could they possibly do to the Switch that, like, would warrant a a second version of this console? Like, I mean, they still haven't, like, upgraded the battery life. Like, all the the Mm -hmm. best that they've done is with the Switch OLED. It's like, oh, there's a a little bit brighter display. Yeah, but... I, I guess the only like the the biggest thing that would like get everybody excited would not even be a switch two, but just to be like, hey, we got Joy Cons without drift now. Like literally, if they said like we have Joy Con 2.0 with like guaranteed no drift. Um or <laughs> oh, that's another thing. The drift. They haven't fixed like, that shit yet. Like like if they fix the drift, it is it is over. Like that wins your console war. <laughs> like like me not having to buy eight different versions of it because like you know I get a slight drift on one Joy-Con and I can't even use it. It's like there 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 ain't no way. Like the like that literally makes the game like it, it makes the whole console playable again. Mm-hmm. So you 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 think just to summarize no go on the uh, the Switch two coming anytime soon. I I don't think that they're going to announce anything. I think okay. if anything, like, I don't know. How many Nintendo Directs do we get a year? It's like two or three, right? You know better than me. <laughs> okay. I, let, let, let's just say, I think there's usually like one in November. There's one in like February. And I guess the other one is in like June. That That seems about right. It's probably like, every like trimester i'm assuming Hmm. um but in my opinion i think that if they're going to announce a switch 2 it would be later in the year it'd be like beginning of quarter three because then they'll be like oh guess what like hey you you guys are not broke for christmas how about a switch 2 announcement that makes and then they'll just like cash in on that it's either that or like right before black friday so you know that that's really how it would work yeah the holiday season is always like generally when it's best to announce those big tentpole things because people are already looking for for things to uh pick up for the holidays exactly and i i would be a sucker for it 100 percent. 
I mean, like as far again, as far as I know, Nintendo's head has already announced like they're at least for this year, their priority is going to be the current Switch. So, I mean, even with that, like your prediction that it might be towards the end of the year doesn't necessarily contradict that. So if we get it, if we do get something, it could just be an announcement at the end of the year that it's in development or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they're still focusing this year on current switch and like they're just announcing that something's coming in the pipeline so i mean that's technically it's possible anyway kevin tell us some weeby things in in the world of esports and anime and manga all right uh i'm gonna i'm gonna start things off with a little anecdote uh something that i've been working on um so life Family has essentially not. I don't want to say exiled me, but like the the glass box, like section of my house is like under renovation right now because like well it's we rearranged a lot of things and I'm slowly like starting to build it out again, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, um, the coolest thing that I've done recently was I got a Wii, uh, <laughs> I I bought a Wii. I've been buying a couple games. I got some new joy or some of the new uh Wiimotes and nunchucks. And uh uh-huh. yeah, I I'm really bad at, at Wii Sports. That's what I'm that's what I'm realizing. But um besides that, it's it's really cool to like get back and see how active that console is compared to like a lot of stuff that we have on the Switch. Like the Switch has the capacity to do stuff like that. It's just mm-hmm. that <laughs> The the games that we normally play are like sit down regular console games. So, um, the entire point of that room is to one be an entertainment space, but also to like have friends over and like do stupid shit. So, um, yeah, I've been I've been slowly working through the original WarioWare Smooth Moves. Um, yes, that's it's a great party game once you get it like all set up. Um, and then I'm working on the original Rayman Raving Rabbids and Raving Rabbids 2. I never played and those then, games. Like, they're stupid, but they're fun. They're fun party games. Um, And the last one that I'm, like, itching to get through that's taking me a little bit of time is Guitar Hero 3. Um, oh, okay. My brain does not comprehend that, the like, the notes thing anymore. Like, I, I used to be, like, really good at it, but now, like, I'm like, oh god, I have to hit more than one note at a time, and I have to strum at the same time, and like now I understand, like as like a 13 year old kid, like I was really good at this, and now that I'm like 28, I'm like, I what is this? Like, how do how do you hit this at the same time? How do you strum fast enough to hit these notes? Uh, and yeah, I I got the uh I got the HD buff. Um, <laughs> but speaking of Nintendo consoles, let's keep it in the uh. Let's keep it in the realm of the Switch. Um, we have the Unite Competitive uh, or the Unite Championship Series coming back. Um, started this weekend, um, which is essentially like the start of February. We're getting a bunch of new teams who are brand new, like newly formed um, and are ready to take on the competitive ladder. Um, this is it was an open qualifier for um eight teams the top eight teams will end up playing in the february finals in a double elimination bracket um and it is up to us commentators to like keep on top of some of the stories of where like certain players go but um i'm probably gonna start honing in on it once we start getting into like the top eight this is just because like just like every other esport during an off season there's a lot of like shuffling um, there's like certain players who will like say like, oh, I'm done with the game, I'm retiring, or other That's like teams. Every who are sport, like, though, right? Yeah. But the cool thing is like when you have like teams that like the org disintegrated or like the org is like pulling out. So now you have like a god tier team that's either gonna stick together or they're gonna break up and create a super team with another like group of people. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of what's happening here, where like one team, like one pokemon unite championships twice like they they are the world champions twice in a row um but they always rotated one of their players out so like one player 
like played the year before the other player played the year after and now a couple other a couple other of their like uh teammates are retiring so they're grabbing people from like the the second best team and bringing them up to this team so now it's starting to get like like i feel the tension is like getting like up there because it's like you left our team to join the super team if we beat if we beat you that means you left the wrong team right <laughs> and i love that yeah. storyline that reminds me of like ti8 like ooh like that gets me excited um so i'm excited to see how the storylines form and like it's not only na it's also eu um oce like all the regions have drama like that so i'm i'm excited to see where it turns up especially heading into like the worlds and the like regional finals that's when we'll start getting like a lot of the bigger storylines you know um mm-hmm. but yeah um united championship series started last week top 8 are confirmed uh we're going to be having uh the rest of them i believe it's going to be uh this no next weekend um the 17th and 18th are going to be when the finals are going to be played just because obviously we don't want to compete with the super bowl that's just not <laughs> not not going to be a thing um, you're going to lose so many eyes if you try to do that exactly um and then uh we were we were discussing the uh other things after this so pokemon unite um we're getting gyarados yeah i, I don't know if i mentioned that gyarados is in the game um and <laughs> you do start as as the magic carp and you got to flop around and then evolve into the next one um we're waiting on the patch that has draft in ranked mode so that way like it balances it out a little bit more that's what i'm looking to get back into it and that's slated uh to be for next month so um i'll be keeping my eyes peeled for that and trying to get like a group of people who want to play all the time uh and and just play the game again so yeah um unite championship series lots of new pokemon lots of new storylines excited to see where it goes um i think two weeks ago we mentioned where they're going to be playing for for the euic the uh european uh international championships and the north american international championships um so once again uh europe the european international is at london again because apparently pokemon loves london um for the u.s it's going to be in new orleans in i think it's in city yeah i mean they had it in columbus ohio last year so that's right that's right yeah they're just like wherever they happen to put us um grand finals and forcibly explore the united states of america it's about time go go to other coasts go outside california smile um (laughs) but yeah um Grand Finals this year or Worlds this year is in Honolulu. So I'm excited to see where that's going to go. And obviously, like, we should be getting inching closer to Pokemon Day. Um, So if we if we do get that, we'll get a bigger announcement of, like, when Worlds is and, like, possibly plan around that. Um, And we'll see. We'll see if I can if I could get more coverage of it. It, it was a lot of fun last year in in uh, Yokohama. Um, But I, I would love to see it you know, live in Honolulu. I mean, it's an excuse to go to Hawaii, right? Exactly. It's like, oh, I'm going for Pokemon. And then it's, I'm, going, I'm here for working, for networking. And then it's like, mm, nope, I <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> like, get that fun. Um, so yeah, that that's something that we're keeping an eye out for um, all the Pokemon updates. Um, on the flip side, we're going to talk, talk about another nostalgic property that I forgot to throw in the notes. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh has a big announcement um believe it or not <laughs> like um first of all it is the 25th anniversary for Yu-Gi-Oh big milestone um the the cool thing about this is that a lot of people like we we have a lot of really cool sets coming out in terms of like the Pokemon or in terms of the Yu-Gi-Oh like merchandise line um but we haven't gotten a lot of other things that were like outside of just getting cards right um until pretty recently. So first thing, uh, on the smaller note, the most popular like uh, instant messenger in Japan is Line. Um, Line now has a set of fifty stickers um, that are all Yu-Gi-Oh cards, um, and they have like little like notes on it. Um, essentially, you use it for like okay, like thumbs up stickers, like excited meeting you here, um, 
so on and so forth, right? Uh, just like little, they're like emotes. So they just added a bunch of like Yu-Gi-Oh emotes to line. Um, they're also having a, I don't know if it's AR or VR, um, but they're doing a scripted duel of with the original voice actors in the Tokyo Dome um, for, for, for Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, where they're going to play like a scripted duel, show off what it looks like um, in VR, and then I don't know if they're going to announce if a VR version of Yu-Gi-Oh! is coming. Um, but if it does, that's pretty sick. Um, now, those things are all really cool, but the most interesting thing is that Konami, the the company that owns Yu-Gi-Oh and a bunch of other, you know, gaming properties, has announced that they are starting an animation studio. Hmm. And you would be like at, at first a lot of us were like, okay, like yeah, they have the money to do it. What would they start with? And instead of them focusing on like the story of Yu-Gi-Oh has been going on for a while. We all know, you know, Yugi Kaiba and all like yeah. previous Exodia, like, Blue Eyes White Dragon, exactly the all of Realm, those like Egyptian characters stuff. that yeah, like we have all those characters already, but we don't know the lore of some of the cards unless you play the game. So mm. what they're doing is they're going to be focusing in on some of the archetypes in the game that are currently present and exploring the storylines that are within them. Um just because like a bunch of like archetypes overlap, some of them like go head to head against each other. Um, and they're focusing on like that whole arc of it, of what happens in the actual story of the card game rather than uh, the characters who, who brought it to life. So that's something that I'm interested in. It's called Yu-Gi-Oh! Card Games, The Chronicles. And um, it's going to, it's going to go over a lot of like the, cooler little intricacies of the Yu-Gi-Oh card game um, in terms of story and plot. So um, I'll, I'll send you a trailer of the, of the actual, like um, of the actual animation. Uh, that way you could, you could, you could take a peek at it. Um, let me see. Yu-Gi-Oh card game, the Chronicles. Not going to lie. I have not watched Yu-Gi-Oh in actual years. Yeah, like I recently I'm slowly myself am actually going through the manga. I, I just completed it um, in mm. terms of like physically getting my hands on the books. So it's really cool for me as a like as an ex pro, like understanding like, oh, I remember this archetype like this mm -hmm. is what it was supposed to do. And then watching the actual animation of some of the characters and some of the some of the specific like card arts and the interaction between some of these characters um that yeah. makes it really important so like the animation uh, style in this trailer is like very like it varies between like the little snippets like there's very kawaii and there's mm -hmm. very like intense like, yeah samurai it stuff yeah, and that that's the funny part about this whole series is because like there are some of them where there's like, you know, the the whole archetype is like fighting against like you know having a giant war in space, and then the other one is like, oh yeah, just these like little like animals just chilling in the forest, like that's <laughs> that's the whole archetype, um, which is which is my whole style. Like I I play all the cutesy funny decks, and then everyone else is playing like eldritch horrors and, and stuff like that um but yeah it's really cool to have like the actual story of of the cards and some of the uh some of the storylines that are within them actually present and put together so i'm really interested in seeing how one the animation looks which by the trailer it looks really nice but also what this means for uh for Konami in general, like what other properties and IPs can they can they use and and make um, under their own animation studio? Which I think Yu-Gi-Oh is an excellent start, just because mm -hmm. there's there's a lot to go off of. But uh, you never know what else Konami can can reach into. So we'll we'll definitely be keeping an eye out for that. Um, but yeah, Konami uh, does I'll, have a huge backlog. So yeah. Like I mean, if they really the wanted IP to, they, that they own. 
yeah uh but yeah we have we have a ton of Yu-Gi-Oh stuff Yu-Gi-Oh animation and uh that's going to lead us into into more of the anime stuff here um let, oh let's God. talk about just, i just looked up like konami games uh -huh. ddr is one of them imagine a ddr series i mean that'd be that'd be pretty sick if they could if they could make it happen i mean the totally off like random thing that i'm gonna mention here one of my favorite series in like manga series that i've been reading is called one dance it's literally about like hip-hop dancing and like uh, it's about a character learning whether he wants to be in like hip hop classes with like coordinated choreo or if he wants to do something mm -hmm. that's more uh, free flowing and like essentially like dance battle style, um, which is which is really cool. Um, but that would be sick in a DDR game. Like it's just like, yeah, you, you play these. How can you like work on your BPM and your footwork and so on and so forth? I think that would be really sick. Um but yeah, um, going from uh, animation studios, uh, we'll we'll go ahead and move into some of the uh, some of the more anime stuff that is going on right now. Let's talk about Demon Slayer. Um, yeah, uh, Kimetsu no Yaiba is going to be having a, a theatrical release of a part of the Swordsmith Village, I believe. Um, let me let me double check. My friends sent me a link for this. Um, it's called the Roar of Victory. Um, it is going to be in IMAX February twenty third um, in the United States. Um, essentially, this is a um, it's a slight recap and a little hint towards the next arc. Um, a lot of my friends are saying it's the last two or three episodes of the last season, which is like the grand finale for like one of the biggest fight scenes that they have and then leading into um the the Hashira training arc which honestly like it's not super exciting but it is like essential for the story um but they're just showing us like hey we're working on it it's looking really good on the big screen if you want to see it on the big screen go for it um and yeah um a lot of people a lot of my friends are wondering if they need to see it a lot of people are saying like you could just watch the series and wait for the episodes to come out because they'll come out when they do. But if you want to experience Demon Slayer on the big screen, I recommend going and seeing it in theaters. Um, I remember the first movie that I saw after like COVID restrictions started letting up, like letting up was the Mugen Train movie. And that movie was at, at first before the pandemic, nobody went to anime films because they're mm -hmm. like, oh, we'll just watch it online. But yeah, yeah. I remember, like, after the pandemic, before it was that, really it, cool to see everybody. Yeah. Like I remember like when when like Fathom Events did, did all their like anime stuff. It's I mean, I didn't really ever go to them, but like my friends who watched anime, like they wouldn't really go to them unless it was like a big thing, like they were going with a group. They would generally just like, as you mentioned, wait till it's like on Cartoon Network or just torrent it or stream it online. Mm-hmm. And now that like a lot of people it I think it's become more accepted and more popular in a way um you know with demon slayer attack on titan kind of being like these front runners for like shows that people have watched and kind of understand um it it's opening it up to a bigger public uh view so i'm i'm excited to see mm -hmm. how this is going to uh not not necessarily impact but like seeing the turnout for some of these movies yeah um so yeah if you if you want to see Demon Slayer on on a I, big screen the twenty third February twenty third. I do have uh, a question now that I think about it, Kevin. Yes. So, anime huge, right? All around the mm -hmm. world, it's it's big. Like, there's huge audiences for anime, right? Yeah. Why is it that we have stuff like Pixar or just other random animated things, like animated movies, um, mm -hmm. that are playing in American cinemas? They have like very long run times. Like they have like. They, they're in theaters for like a month at least but you've got like anime movies that are just like i mean it's it's starting to to be less of this and like obviously miyazaki doesn't count because it's distributed through disney but you've got like mm -hmm. anime movies like back in the day with like the naruto movies or mugen train or like specials like that that are only in theaters for like a week or two at most or like a day maybe even mm -hmm. 
why is why what's the difference there? Why does like with, with as huge as the audience for anime is, why don't we get longer release windows? Is it just that distributors maybe don't realize how big the audience is? Um, so it, it's really interesting that you bring that up because there are certain things that like in my head i don't i also don't understand why they wouldn't want to do a theatrical release but i do understand when movies want to do or when studios want to do a movie release um the best way how i could describe it is uh because of like the anime season and kind of like what people are expecting we're expecting it to be kind of broken up into these certain like you know, 12 episode arcs, right? We're, we're going to watch 12 episodes because that's how long it is during the year, right? Um, but there are moments where I think some arcs lend themselves to movies and there's not a lot mm -hmm. of like, besides Mugen Train, I don't think that there's been, oh, well, okay, Mugen Train and JJK Episode Zero are the only two movies that come to mind that, utilized the like movie format um in a way that still tells a part of the story that's essential but doesn't need it to be like you couldn't stretch that into 12 episodes uh -huh. like that's like it's too short to be a series like an like an episodic series but it's not long enough to fill 12 episodes so i understand it when studios want to do that and I feel like there should be more of those, in my opinion. Like, imagine watching a series with with your parents and then just being like, hey, they're going to show the next part of it in a theater. Do you want to go see it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you would think that box office revenue would be really helpful for them, too. Um, because the way how anime works is that they, they air it on TV and then they make their money back via uh, Blu-ray sales. So any form of physical media really comes back to the studio through when you buy it physically. So Japan um, is still into physical media. It It's that, but that's like how they measured their profits. Oh, um, okay. So like a lot of, or like the success of an anime or a manga, or yeah, a success of an anime is based off of the, the, the number of Blu-ray sales that they can get. Um, and usually that determines if it gets a season two or not. Right? So is it like, do people find this series worthy of owning? yes that that's the thing that they're mainly measuring it's like if people are willing to go out of okay. their way to buy a series um and to support it you know financially then that's we know that it will we'll get we'll get another season which is it, it is interesting at least for us because like we're now in the era of streaming and um all that so most of their money now has to come from merch and it's it's just like a whole bunch of like different like avenues of getting like money to fund the next part or to know that it's going to be successful and continue on so in, in my opinion i i would love to see more anime films um or anime style films um but i don't know why like even if it's like smaller theaters that only show it like i enjoy watching you know anime style films and i i wouldn't put it past you know the US, especially if more people start getting their voices heard, that you know, some of these possibly animated films done by smaller studios might be able to even reach over here. So um, yeah, a lot of these are writing off of big properties, which I mean it's cool, but um I I wanna see it. Uh <laughs> I I just want I just want good story arcs to be presented in the best format possible. Speaking of movies, anime films, the thing that we're going to go into is uh, Spy Family Code White. Um, we were mentioning this during December, um, and it is the anime film that came out uh, right before Christmas in Japan. Um, it is a Spy Family movie that has nothing to do with the manga. So essentially, it's a story written entirely by Tatsuya Endo that is just a side mission, um, but... It, it's supposed to have all the same high level action packed fun um, that comes in a spy family uh, movie. Uh, the original date in Japan was December 22nd. Um, 
I was hoping that we would get an announcement closer to um closer to Valentine's Day because that's usually when they turn it around. But we we got the announcement closer to Valentine's Day. It's actually coming out on April nineteenth. So um, I'm marking my calendar. My mom has watched all of Spy Family too, so I'm probably gonna take her to go see this movie. Um, and yeah, excited to see Spy Family Code White uh, in theaters. And that's going to be in April once again. So if you want to see it, go go check it out. Um, yeah, um, we had a couple of announcements from Viz Media, who is one of the bigger companies or bigger publishers um, in the manga space. Um, there's just a couple of things that I do want to highlight. There's a whole list of them that they announced on their on their um, Twitter or their X, whatever you want to call it now. It's, it's still called Twitter. I still um, call it Twitter. No one calls it X <laughs> unless you're like an Elon stan. Exactly. Um, there's a couple of series that like I've been keeping an eye out for that they announced and I'm excited for. Um, first one is Trillionaire Game. Um, essentially, it's another like really high stakes, um, like kind of gambling style of game um, uh, manga and really excited to see that one. Um, and then we also have... Um, Gotoge, like a essentially a series of short stories done by the author of Demon Slayer, um, going over some of like the character development of uh some of the characters who you eventually meet in Demon Slayer. Um, and a couple of the short stories that were before the series was even like considered to be a thing. So um that's supposed to come out sometime later this year. We haven't gotten like an official like um we we haven't gotten an official release date for that. Um, we have another illustration book for uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. JoJo A Go Go um, is what it's called. That's going to be released in fall of 2024. That's going to have uh, more Golden Wind and, and uh, Stone Ocean art. So the second half of uh, JoJo's and what we have so far. Um, we're getting the spinoff stories. Um which is called Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Shining Diamond, Demonic Heartbreak. Very long name. Um, but essentially, it's a spinoff uh, where Whole Horse and Josuke from Part 4 hang out and uh, and, and do stuff. So that's also coming out in the fall um, of next year. And then a couple of the other things, uh, just a couple of other spinoff series that I'm keeping an eye out for. Um, they have a One Piece like rom-com uh, thing. That they're also releasing but nothing nothing too crazy in terms of like brand new series or licenses um but if you want to check that out it's the viz fall 2024 publishing announcement um that is published on, on viz media's uh twitter all right and then we're gonna wrap everything up with our manga releases for this week uh for 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 the weeks i guess um weeks. this week uh, big big releases are Chainsaw Man Volume 14 and the first of the Vinland Saga Deluxe Edition. Um, my friends finally got a hand on this. Um, it is a three-in-one version of, um, of Vinland Saga. In other words, it's three volumes of the original one rolled into a big version, big like block version. Um, Leather-bound um, book. So if you want to if you don't have Vinland Saga already and want to collect it, would recommend getting the deluxe edition because it saves you money. Um, because those versions cost, I think, 55 total, while each individual volume of um of Vinland Saga is gonna cost you about 20. It saves you five bucks, but if you happen to get to get it on sale, um, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be better for you. Um and then next week, a couple couple of releases. Uh, we have Akane Banashi 4 and 365 Days Until the Wedding Volume 2. Um, both of these are really, really solid picks and, uh, you know, coming out right before Valentine's Day. None, none of these, well, one of them is a romance, but the other one is just, you know, just a good shonen. Um, for, for me, just a word of warning, everybody. February 20th will wreck your wallet. I am uh -oh. I'm good, going to tell you that there is so much coming out on the 20th that if you're not already broke taking somebody out on a on a you know on a Valentine's Day night uh you're going to go broke on the 20th and that's that's a guarantee. Um 
I was lucky enough to have caught a deal on Barnes and Nobles saying that it was a uh, 25% off of pre-order. So I ordered everything from the 20th way ahead of time. Um, but yeah, um, it, it is a, it is a doozy. I'm just going to let you guys know that. It's like me whenever I go back to the comic book store after not being there for a while. It's like, hey, here's $300 in a bill. It's like, yeah. oh, God. Okay. Yeah. That, that's I, all I it is with me. I it like, okay, it's four weeks of like picking up books. It's like, okay, fine. Exactly. Like, that's why I look at it like month to month and I'm like, okay, maybe I can lay back on this month. Maybe I go hard on this month. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of like really crazy dates for releases and i'm just trying to like manage my money so i don't go broke and i have to eat books that i don't want to read anymore all right so um that's it for this week after being gone for two weeks um i'm trying to think of a what is your so Kevin for for this week's little bit of advice? How do you, as a Californian, deal with driving around or or navigating the streets in the rain? Uh, in the rain, uh, don't don't go faster than the speed limit. You never know how deep some of the uh puddles could be. Mm -hmm. Hydroplaning will happen if you go too fast. Oh God, that's terrifying. Um, so yeah, it is terrifying. So just be careful of that. Um. And yeah, just just drive slowly. There's no there's no rush. Just give yourself some time. Mm -hmm. Also, like with the rain too, like visibility goes down significantly. Yeah, be careful out there. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in with us this week. We will be back at you. I hope next week, unless something tragic or mysterious or travelly happens with us. Um. I need to watch Ahsoka at some point so I can reach out to my friend and see if she would want to talk to us about being a stunt double on Ahsoka. If not, there's other people I can reach out to to talk about things. Um, but I will try, I promise I will try to get a guest on again. Um, because what's uh, what's the point of knowing people in, in doing cool things in show business if you can't talk to them about it on a podcast? But anyway, thanks for tuning in, guys, and we will catch you next week. Adios. Next week, we bring you the latest news and stories from around the internet. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us and rate us five stars on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also follow us on all social media at TwigPod, that's T-W-I-G-P-O-D. And feel free to send us any questions, comments, or any suggestions of topics you'd like us to cover. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week in Geek. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.